0: Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas podcast. Before we get started, it is recommended by our legal advisors to read the forward-looking statement for the next one minute and a half. Stay tuned. This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, import of the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zion's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, Zion's ability to continue as a going concern, Zion's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well side of the purchased drilling rig, approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements. Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Summy, Vice President of Marketing and Investor Relations at Zion Oil and Gas.
1: Hello, Dr. Russell. Andrew, how are you? Is the, is the sound okay? I believe so. Yeah, it sounds, sounds perfect. Uh, Very good.
0: All right. Well, uh, I know we're all working remotely because of the coronavirus, uh, but uh, I think our our listeners, our supporters of Zion, would really like to hear from you. Um, so let's let's start out just understanding a little bit more about who you are. You're the vice president, senior geoscience advisor, and board director here at Zion. And uh, you've been here since 2012. That's uh, that's right. So tell us a little bit about your background. Way before Zion, uh, what all have you been involved in?
1: Well, I'm a a trained geologist geophysicist. I um, got undergraduate training at Ohio Wesleyan, BA in geology, then went and did uh, MS and PhD work at Texas Tech University. And um, since 1977, I've been working in the oil and gas industry. Uh, started out at the Shell Oil Research Lab in Houston, and um, then went on to Rocky Mountain Exploration with Shell. Then uh, in 84, I moved on to ARCO, Atlantic Richfield Company, at their uh, lab, research lab in Plano, Texas and uh i worked in research there until ninety five nineteen ninety five i believe and then i moved to international exploration and did uh work all over the world and um right you've been you've been during... you've been everywhere
0: all over the world uh so talk about some of the different locations you've been
1: right i've uh, i've worked extensively in um around the British Isles and in the North Sea, um, west of Norway, north of Norway in the Barents Sea. I've worked uh, North Alaska, uh, the Prudhoe Bay area, Um, also um, Southern Alaska, um, the Cook Inlet area. Um, I've worked um, China extensively, been to China, about 15 times, and uh, which has been fascinating. And, so I bet uh, you
0: could give some uh, insight of uh, probably some of the, you probably have some thoughts on what all has happened with China recently and everything. We won't go there on this podcast, but I bet right. you have some ideas. <laughs> it's, it's, a,
1: it's a unique environment, a unique place, and uh, the people are wonderful. Uh, the government is a suspect, I would say, for sure.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, so so you. I mean, you've worked all over the world. Now, what were you doing right before
1: connecting with Zion? Well, my time at Arco ended in in two thousand when British Petroleum um, bought Arco and took over the operations of the company. At that point, I I took early retirement. I was in a position to to take that in uh, two thousand. And I formed a partnership with um, a senior colleague at ARCO, and we had our own project in East Africa. We had been working um, gas exploration in Mozambique on the east coast of Africa, and we started our own company and, and started a, an exploration effort of our own in Mozambique, which involved getting a... a Norwegian partner company, and then a uh, an American partner company, and that went on for about eight years, and um, ended in in 2008 when we sold our effort to Sasol, the South African exploration company, and Petronas out of Malaysia. Um, and at that point, I was doing. Consulting work for a variety of different companies and clients, and in um, a lot of different projects. And um, in the consulting business, it's sort of feast or famine. You can be either really busy, or you can be you can hit a dry spot. So I was in between contracts, and uh, one morning, my wife Mary had been listening to American Family Radio. And had heard a discussion on the Dan Celia financial show about Zion Oil and Gas, and she called me right away and said, "What do you know about Zion?" And I and I told her, "Well, you know, they're exploring for oil in Israel. We've heard Der- David Jeremiah talk about them. We've um, Joel Rosenberg has written about them in uh, his book The Epicenter." And um, I said, "Yeah, they're they're active in." in oil and gas exploration in Israel. And she said, So well, about that,
0: yeah, about that time, you, you hadn't had any contact with Zion oil and gas at that point. You just had
1: heard about Zion.
0: Exactly. And what, what, what year was this?
1: This was 2012. And okay. Um, so that was two thousand. yeah. And I had already, the interesting thing is I, I Mary and I had already um, made a, a change in our church uh, from, um, uh, to uh, First Baptist Church of Dallas, we left another denomination, um, Protestant denomination, where we really weren't hearing the gospel preached. And we ended up at First Baptist Dallas listening to Robert Sheffer and his strong messages every week. And we had made a lot of acquaintances in the church and uh, one couple was very active in um, ministry in Israel, ministry to the Jewish people, and they also led trips to bring people that had a heart for Israel and the Jewish people to Israel to, to see the country and and the the amazing uh, Christian heritage there in, in the from the ministry of Jesus and um, all over the country and and uh, we had been to Israel, and uh, so it was when mary made that phone call to me it was it was kind of it just seemed to be the right time because she said well why don't you call zion and see if they need help from a from a geological point of view they they use consultants and so i i i said well you know their office is here in dallas the main office is right here in dallas so i'll give them a call so i did and um
0: well, And I know just from working, I, I joined Zion about a year after you did, uh, knew about him since 2011, uh, did a short uh, consulting in 2011. But I know in the time that I've been here and, and before is that Zion has been incredibly, because the word is blessed um, and thankful for your expertise and your insight and your history Uh, so it's been, it's been excellent that you've been on the project, uh, and on that. So once you started working with Zion and, uh, the, uh, the current Megiddo Jezreel project, that
1: was, that was, uh, pretty close on the forefront of the work that you've done. Well, it's, you know, I like to tell people that, um, the work I do at Zion and how I go about my, my daily work is um, even though Zion is is very much an evangelical Christian company, my daily work efforts are are no different in terms of the technology I use and and my work methodology is not no different at all from any other job I've had um, working at Arco and Shell and in my various consulting projects over the last. Uh, Gosh, since 1977, so that's we're talking 43 years now. Um, it's uh, I, my my work routine and and the technology I use is exactly the same as I've used in in with other uh, companies in the industry. Um, I just am blessed to be able to use um, that technology and the experience I've gained over the last 43 over the last 40 years plus to um, to attack the problem of um looking for oil and gas in Israel and um to fulfill Zion's mission to bless the Jewish people to bring um oil and gas resources to uh, onshore Israel and um and to be able to have the resources to um to uh, reach the Jewish people with the gospel message and and um and to bless the nation in, in as many ways as we can. So it's, it's been a wonderful so, merger of, of, of both faith and science for me.
0: So you really see this as a positive thing. Now, I'm uh, just to ask, you know, what do you, what do you find is, I mean, other than having an office right next to me up at Zion, what is the best part of working at Zion oil and gas?
1: <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> I'm I'm blessed to know you, Andrew, and uh, have a, have an office close. And um, but um, it's just a total blessing to be a part of a, of of a group of people that are are united in purpose and in mission, and um, all who have uh, a strong faith in the Lord. And um, it's it's a unique company to be a, to be a part of. Um, our weekly prayer sessions where we where all of us join, um, as many as, as can at any one time, but, uh, every week we, we join in prayer and, uh, to pray for our, each other, our families, for Zion, the company and, and its mission and for, uh, pray for the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And, um, it's just, uh, it's just been a, a wonderful environment in which to work. And, um, um, I feel like um, we have made a lot of progress and uh, I'm, I'm looking very much forward to what's,
0: now, what's going to happen yeah.
1: in the near future.
0: So speaking of the progress, you've been working diligently on the 3d seismic uh, interpretation. Now, of course we can't get into a lot of the, the, the details of that uh, you know, any material information that we have to release publicly to everyone at the same time. But uh Overall, doing this work during this period, uh, Dallas is under you know uh, COVID nineteen or the coronavirus lockdown. Uh, Has that changed your work at all? Is it? Is it? I I can imagine you're probably getting interrupted less.
1: Very much so, and and, um, the ironic thing is that is that it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed anything for me from the point of view of that uh, even while maintaining proper social distancing and, um, and, um, and a quarantine-like um, uh, lifestyle, I am able to come into the office each and every day because the 3D data set, the project, is, is on my computer here at the office. Um, I'm the only one here. I'm, I'm more. I am more socially distanced at the office than I am at home. Believe it or not, <laughs> and that's certainly more socially distanced than going to Costco or Kroger or or any any other retail out outlet that's open right now. Um, so I'm I'm here in my office, um, very solitary, but um, having access to to our data that's on the on a server here. At, at the office and maybe um, right. and my workstation and do my work as usual.
0: Right, the proper technology and level because it's quite, quite a project. Now, before we talk a little bit more about the uh, 3D, let's, let's talk about generally just your work in Israel uh, from a geoscience perspective. A lot of times when I'm speaking to those interested in investing, first of all, if somebody calls and says, should I invest? I always you know, say, well, one, I can't answer that as far as investing. But you you, you and I often talk about the, the high risk of oil exploration in Israel. Maybe you can give a little bit more color
1: to that. Yeah. I mean, oil exploration in general um, is a high risk venture, um, especially when you're talking about um, going into an area that that has not been explored in the past. Um, um, I'll contrast that with exploration around a a big oil and gas field like, uh, like let's say Prudhoe Bay in North Alaska. Uh, There's been 13 billion barrels of oil found at Prudhoe Bay and a lot of natural gas. And drilling extension wells around Prudhoe Bay, for other opportunities, is far less risky because we already know there's oil and gas there. We know there's reservoir rock there. We know that there are traps um, to to hold the oil and and gas that have moved through the earth. And um, so, in that sense, the risk has been significantly mitigated by by. Forty or fifty years of exploration in North Alaska. Um, contrast that with a frontier area like we're in, or any other frontier area in the world. Um,
0: and a frontier frontier means that there's no known reserves in that particular area. No known uh, correct. No
1: known reserves and uh, very little drilling. Um, the closest well before we drilled megiddo Jezreel number one the closest well of any significance um to our 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 location was about 20 miles away and um and there were shows there were two wells about 20 22 miles away they both had oil shows in them and um but there was there were red flags about the quality of the reservoir. Um, how much porosity and permeability there was in the reservoir rock, and and whether or not it they, it would be sufficient to be a, to to really hold and produce hydrocarbons. Um, so all we had in the area that we ultimately drilled in was a seismic database um, of a of about I'll say 30 or 40 lines. Two-dimensional lines, and by 2D I mean just a lot, a seismic line just shot in one direction, and that—and all you see is what is in the subsurface directly underneath that that two-dimensional line, and um, and that was the basis for the maps that we made. To, um, to locate the structure that we drilled in Megiddo Jezreel 1. And we did have encouragement in the well because we did indeed encounter oil in, in, the, uh, in the drill drilling mud. It came to the surface and uh, we observed it, we smelled it, we, we collected it, a small amount of it. Um, and so we knew that, there, that the results of the well showed that, that indeed we had encountered oil Um, and at that point
0: and that's a that's an important distinction between encountering oil and discovering oil
1: right that is an
0: important distinction for anyone who's following Zion is is that encountering oil is exactly the way you describe but discovering oil typically has a a thought process that you're going to produce the oil and go to market with it this is a very different situation exactly this is from a scientific perspective of encountering uh, oil in the in the drilling mud, correct? Exactly. And now
1: the oil it, it came from the formation. It came from uh, Triassic carbonates, Triassic limestones and dolomites at at greater than five thousand meters depth in the well. It 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 uh, we drilled through the zone that had the oil. The oil came into the drilling mud and came to the surface. Um, we were not able when we tested the well to 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 get a viable flow of oil when we tested the well so right and that
0: and just to kind of back up you know that was some of the some of the uh uh, questions is why didn't we go to 3d right away way before we did we used 2d data we shot our own 2d uh, right before drilling the Megiddo Jezreel number one, and then only after this this drilling operation did we go to three d uh, and we had some criticism about that but give give the reality of what why we chose that uh, we 've released this in in press releases and in q and a
1: s and it 's in our ten k but let 's you know go ahead and unpack that a little okay. bit okay. Well, the criticism is, is, is highly unfounded, and, it, and it's based on um, inadequate knowledge of, of the exploration process. There's not a company in the world, not Shell, not Exxon, not, not um, Chevron, no big company, BP, no big company goes into a frontier area and immediately shoots a 3D survey. Um, there has to be encouragement. Of some kind, um, to to make you want to to put out the financial um, expenditure to shoot three D. Three D is is far more far more expensive than a two D sur- survey. But um, if you have encouragement enough, um, like we had in the well, we 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 knew we had seen indications of oil. Uh, there were other technical questions that, um, that came from the drilling process that we needed to answer going forward before we could commit ourselves to drilling another well. And, and shooting a 3D survey in the vicinity of the well, in the, in the 70 to 80 square kilometer um, block around the well site, um, was a smart thing to do. In order for us to evaluate what we saw in the well, and extrapolate that um, to um, out away from the well to to look for other opportunities in the area where we might drill a follow up uh, a follow up well. And so, three D is it's it's expensive to shoot, um, it's expensive to process. Um, a geophysical company it needs needs to come in and actually acquire the data which is, is quite an extensive effort much more complex than shooting individual 2d lines and then the process the, the processing effort that a a company must go through is is it's a very complex processing um, effort to to produce the final 3d volume but the beauty of it is that once you've spent that money um, you have a complete three-dimensional um, image of the subsurface. It's not just a 2D line here, another 2D line two miles away, uh, one or two cross lines that in, a, in 2D space that might uh, only give you very rudimentary coverage of the area. And there's a lot of interpolation that has to be done, but from one 2D line to the next, the interpretation is, is extrapolated. In a 3D survey, um, we have complete coverage in the subsurface. There is no extrapolation at all from one line to another. It's, it's, it's a virtual three-dimensional image of the subsurface.
0: And you've, and you've expressed to me that, I mean, you've, you've worked with 3D in the past and, and so on, but uh, of course the technology keeps getting better. We shot very high-level, very uh, technical technically advanced uh three d on this one you know on par with some of absolutely. the absolutely uh and so what is your experience in working with that data from an emotional perspective i mean obviously we can't give any details uh but what what is it like from from just the experience level of working with this kind of detail well i had
1: i had um As you say, I've had experience with 3D elsewhere in the world, um, in particular in um, West Africa, in Nigeria, the Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, um, in that area for for other client companies. And um, I'm talking offshore in the uh, South Atlantic Ocean. And uh, the nature of the rocks that you're looking at offshore um, it's it's mostly sands and shales with with occasionally some limestones, but the rocks are they are they are not hardened to the degree that um, that our limestones and dolomites are in the in the Jezreel Valley are the rocks that we're looking at are older, they're they're faulted, they're they're highly consolidated, and um, the image that we get from from, from the subsurface in, in the Jezreel Valley is far more complex than what you see from, um, from a, young, a young section of, of sands and shales offshore Nigeria, for instance. Those, the rocks, the, the young sands and shales off of Nigeria, they behave beautifully on the seismic. There's, um, the resolution is incredible. And um, to the point where you can actually even see um, where oil and gas is likely to be, you can virtually see it on the data. That's not the case in the Jezreel Valley. We do indeed have 3D coverage, but the complexity of our system is is far greater. And um, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult exercise. And um, even though we have-
0: And so basically, and
1: basically, when we're when we have all the data
0: interpreted, we're going to just release this to the public, right? Every bit of data to the public so they can Absolutely. see it.
1: Is that is that? <laughs> Absolutely not. So this, this, this the, the, the expense that we've gone through both um, financially and and technically, intellectually, um, has gives gives us an incredible advantage. Um, over any other company and 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 that advantage is is, is something that we have to guard very closely because um, uh, if unless until we until the point where we don't where we absolutely absolutely have to relinquish our license um, we need to keep this confidential because the minute we re- we we don't have the license anymore, then then all of our data does indeed become public domain, and uh, we don't want to let that happen until we have we have turned over all the stones we need to turn over from an exploration point of view and satisfied ourselves that either we have an on we have a going project, we have a field that we've discovered, or. The multiple fields that we've discovered or that we, we um, finally come to the conclusion of, no, we can't make this economic and uh, we relinquish our license. So until that point, until the point where we've decided that we can't go any further, uh, we have to keep this totally um, close to the vest and, and confidential right. internal design.
0: And just from the for the perspective of the listeners out there, everything you just said was hypothetical, uh, you know, of, of a general proprietary understanding of 3D, the, of of how you would want to keep it propriety. Nothing that you said indicates anything one way or the other. Uh, that would be any kind of material information of whether, you know, what we see or don't see in the interpretation so far or any of our theories. You're just saying from a general perspective, anywhere you would have shot the 3D uh, image, you would keep that under wraps. Absolutely. Until, you know, you just don't have the license anymore. Right. Um, and you know and we 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 often will uh renew and work with israel renew license and we as a company have been through that so many times uh and I know that we're we're working on that toward the toward the toward the future but um what what do you say what would you say to you know a shareholder that is uh, very, Most of our shareholders that I speak to uh, and supporters uh, who pray for us, they, they come and speak to the company, as you know, from a place of uh, wanting to help Israel. So that's their, their, their motivation. And we, we also, you know, uh, highlight to them, hey, this is a highly risky endeavor. Uh, you know that as a geologist working in this frontier or wildcat type of a scenario. Uh, but what would you say, you know, as far as prayer um, and praying for for the work that is done on the geology side by you and, you know, and maybe we could talk about that real quick. Uh, who else is on the ge- geological team over there in Israel? and uh, uh, with Liat and Orna, uh, do you wanna just, just talk about just where, where the team is in general with the 3D seismic and the, and the work uh, that we're gonna see over the next
1: uh, uh, months and, and year? Yeah, um, we have um, colleagues in Israel in, in Caesarea, um, a very significant location biblically and um, it's, it's a joy to go visit there but we have a couple of young Israeli women who are master's degree trained in, um, in geology and geophysics that are very capable um, are very sharp technically and they um, we work cooperatively with them um, we're able to, to share the 3D data set virtually over the, over, the, um, over the ether of the, of the, of the computer world. And um, we can't work at it at the same time when, when they're working at it during their working hours. I'm asleep. Then I come to the office and then I, then I take over and I'm able to, to do my work on the data set. I'm, I'm able to see what they have done. They're able to see what I've done. We talk quite often. Have technical conversations about what we're seeing and, and what the implications are, and um, and uh, share ideas about where where we think we need to go next with with the drill bit. And um, so it's very much of a, a cooperative team effort. Um, they're very capable, and um, um, as are all the all the folks in in Caesarea that uh, the work in management and. Um, and the accounting staff etc um they're they're very capable and uh, it's a great team that we have between dallas and, and cesarea and it's uh, it's great to work with um, with orna and Liat. um they're uh, they add a lot to the effort
0: that's incredible Well, we're just going to finish up. And I just wanted to remind all of our uh, uh, listeners that, you know, uh, you and I have talked before and everything that we say uh, or we've said in this podcast, uh, nothing is material. Uh, You may have some understandings that but everything is presented in this podcast as if uh, we don't know anything or we don't have exact plans uh, we may we may uh, be moving in a particular direction and mention it in a very general uh, general way uh, in order to to give you the feel of what it's like to work at Zion oil but we you know we, we obviously have some thoughts we have some plans moving in directions that uh, we've we basically have talked about in a very general In a general sense, uh, as if we don't know anything. But there are things that we are working on that we just cannot release because we don't, we we have to know certain things 100% in order to put it out publicly, uh, you know, as material information because
1: we are a public company. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I I, I will say this Um, uh, we're a lot smarter than we were before we drilled the Megiddo chess reel number one. We learned an immense amount from the exercise of drilling that well. Um, you always do when you when you drill a well, you learn an, an incredible amount. The 3D data has has extended our our knowledge um, exponentially from even where we were after we drill we're, we're learning more every single day we don't have final conclusions yet about about where we're going to go exploration wise but um, I will say that that the 3d has been very revealing It's answered it's answered a bunch of questions that we had and um, I'm very optimistic that it's going to lead us in, in the right direction to to take the next step for the company so um, but keep in mind that the next step is still going to be exploration. And anytime you, you, you put a, a drill bit in the ground, uh, you don't know what you're going to get until you see it. And, um, you're, you're, you're always, uh, uh, the drill bit is, are, is your eyes and your sight and, um, it, it reveals everything a, as you drill. So, um, we're doing the best that we can to, um, to uh, get the most out of the 3D data, but it will take us only so far um, as, as we can get bef- until we drill again. So um, I'm optimistic. Um, it's, it's a fascinating effort every single day. I learn more every single day. And um, we we have the interest of the shareholders at heart. We're, we're doing our very best from a technical point of view to, to mitigate risk um, to, for, for the next step that we take exploration wise to be um, the smartest the smartest course, the um, smartest direction to, to move in, um, and um, to be in, in the, the best interest of, of shareholders, because that, that's always on our mind is, is to be good stewards of, of, um, of shareholder value. Awesome.
0: Well, I think this has been great and uh, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast again. Uh, And, uh, you know, as, as, as the days go and as we, as we explore more, but I just want to appreciate your time or I appreciate your time, uh, but we, I'm sure everyone who's listening appreciates your time on this and uh, thank you so much. And we'll let you get back to work and uh, talk to you again soon. Thank you, Andrew.
1: It's been a, it's been a joy to, to have this conversation and um, just blessings to all Zion shareholders.
0: We want to thank our listeners for listening to the Zion Oil & Gas podcast. Zion Oil & Gas is a public company traded on the NASDAQ market with ticker symbol ZN and explores for oil and gas onshore in Israel. On their 99000 acre megiddo jezreel license area we encourage you to share this podcast with others also subscribe in your favorite podcast app and we look forward to new weeks of this podcast for you please know that this podcast contains forward-looking statements and we encourage you to read the entire forward-looking statement in the details of this podcast. I am Andrew Summy and for Zion's sake, I will not be silent. This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, import of the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zine's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, sign's ability to continue as a going concern, Zine's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well side of the purchased drilling rig, Approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements.